We started last week the series On Guard, On Guard. The series On Guard, subtitle, Securing a Greater Love for Jesus, okay? And uh, last week we started that. We talked about, does anybody know? Can you shout it out? We talked about guarding your heart. Wow, that was good. Let's say that one more time all together. Ready? Guarding your heart. Amen. So we started last week on guarding our hearts. So we learned that our hearts have value to them. Your heart, our wicked hearts before we knew Christ, was valuable enough to where God would send Jesus to pay the debt, okay? He would pay the debt that would then turn our hearts that are broken whole again, okay? He would, take, so he would send his son Jesus to take our diseased hearts and cure them through the gospel. So our hearts have value, okay? God sees our hearts. He values our hearts. Then we saw also last week that our hearts are vulnerable, Our hearts are vulnerable to disease, just like your physical heart, your spiritual heart also is the same, okay? We talked about last week, if you eat too many cheeseburgers from Wendy's, right, you're going to have a heart that's not going to work right, it's going to get diseased, and ultimately, right, it's going to lead to death, okay? So our hearts are vulnerable to disease. And then lastly, we saw that our hearts are the very essence of who we are, okay? The issues of life, the wellspring of life. So we talked about how this heart, is valuable to the Lord, it's vulnerable, it's the very essence of of who we are, and that our heart is one of the openings to our affections for Jesus. You know, the greatest things that you could ever experience is the love of God for you. You know what's so crazy about the love of God for you is that you can never earn his love, nor you can never lose it. God's love never changes degrees throughout your life. He loves you one way and one way only, forever and always. And that's one of the greatest things we find about God is that his love never falters. It never fails. No matter what you do or you don't do, when God says he loves you, he loves you. And now when it comes to us, when it comes to our relational aspect, when it comes to you and I and the relationship, the thing about us is our love goes like this. Okay, we're not like God. Our love's not set. Our love, our affections for the Lord are being competed for. We have things outside of us that are trying to get in there, to get into the openings of who we are and trying to distract, trying to take away the love that we have for Jesus. And last week we learned about the heart. This week we're going to look at the mind. Another opening to who you are is the mind. Okay, we're going to learn today about guarding your mind as we look to get our affections deeper, greater for Jesus. The Bible calls us to guard our minds. The subject of the mind is mentioned over 130 times in Scripture. Our minds are important to who we are, and they're important to our affections for Jesus. As I said before, that day in and day out, you and I are facing the spiritual battle over our love for Jesus and our affections for him. Now, the enemy wants to attack the openings, the gateways to that love for Jesus, and one of the most attacked places, one of the most uh, 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 popular places that the enemy, the world, the flesh, the devil would like to do is he'd like to bombard your mind. He'd like to try to control your mind. One man said this, the devil knows that if he can capture your mind or if he can capture our mind, he holds our future. If he can capture your mind, if he can capture my mind, he holds our future. One of the greatest battlefields is the battlefield of the mind. Our thoughts are the blueprints to our actions. Your behavior is dictated by 
your thoughts. Everything we do in action is often thought of first unless you're someone who acts before they think, right? Is anyone like that? You act before you think, that gets you in a lot of trouble. That's probably not a good thing, right? But oftentimes, our hands move because of our thoughts. Our feet moves because of our thoughts. Who we are moves because of our thoughts. And the enemy wants to control your mind. He wants to control your thoughts. The enemy wants to contaminate your train of thought. The enemy wants to put strain on your brain. And have you ever heard of the cliche, the mind, finish it with me, is a terrible thing to waste, okay? That's a cliche we know. But here's the thing, that is true. God has given us the mind. He's given us intellect. He's given to us as a good gift for him, but the, that, but the enemy sees that not as a terrible thing to waste. The enemy sees that as a terrific thing to waste. If he can have your mind, he can have your future. The enemy wants to pollute, waste, destroy, weaken our minds, but we are called to guard our minds. I told you to turn to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's look at our main text this morning. 1 Peter chapter 1, and we'll look at verse number 13. 1 Peter 1, 13. The Bible says this. If you don't have a Bible, the words are up on the screen as well. And there's a black book in front of you as well. There's a Bible right there. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13. The Bible says this. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Let's pray one more time and ask God to bless these next moments. Father, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to be in your house. Father, I pray that you'd help me to say what you'd want me to say. Hide me behind your cross. Guard my mouth. Help what is to be said today helpful and encouraging. Uh, Lord, I pray that things that would be said that, you, that shouldn't be said, God, you would take away. But God, you would be honored and glorified through your word. Help us to come out of here loving you more, stirring up our affections more for you, being on guard for that. God, we give you the honor, the glory, and the praise. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. See, the idea here in 1 Peter chapter 1, as we're talking about guarding our minds, Peter uh, is lending to this idea that we should be active in guarding our minds. Our minds should have activity. Just like those days in the first century who wore the, those guys who wore the common robe of the day, if they were to be active, they would have to roll up their long robes to avoid tripping or falling. You see here it says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Peter is saying, just like those men back in the day who wore the long robes, he would say, you know what, what you need to do if you want to be active, if you want to be free of motion, if you want to be able to turn which way as you guard your mind, you need to take the robes and you need to pull them up, you need to tuck them in, because if you don't and you try to be active, what happens is you're going to trip and fall. So what he's saying is, is you and I, in our minds, we need to gird up, we need to get ready for action, we need to guard our minds, we need to be free so that we can turn every which way when it comes to guarding our minds. So how do we guard our minds this morning? Number one, let's get right into it, let's do work. Number one, we pay attention to what we let in. Practical, easy, simple, but very, very, sometimes what we do is we skip over this, or it's very subtle. We pay attention to what we let in. The way we guard our minds is very similar to the way we guard or protect our computers, okay? Let me give you a, a simple analogy you can transfer. Who owns a computer this morning? Raise your hand. All right, awesome. Who owns a laptop? Who's a Mac user? Amen. 
I'm not even going to ask you who uses Windows, man. Come on. Mac users, amen. So here's the thing. We own computers, right? When it comes to keeping our computers or laptops safe from attack, what we do is we try to make our computer defense stronger. So one of the ways that we do this is by installing this thing called a firewall. Say that with me. Ready? Firewall. Okay? A firewall isolates our computer from outside influences like the Internet. It allows the data we consider safe to enter and blocks the data we don't consider safe from corrupting our computers. So when it comes to our minds, we must pay attention to what we let in. So what we need to do is install a spiritual firewall to protect and guard our thoughts. Proverbs 23.7 says like this, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Proverbs 4, verses 23 through 27, we looked at this verse last week about the heart. The heart and the mind are very much connected to each other. If you look throughout scripture, you'll find different uh, phraseology where it says, as he thinks in his heart, just like we read before, okay? Um, And so the mind and the heart very much are, are together, okay? It says this, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, here's the thing, as I said before, your actions are the blueprint, right? I mean, your thoughts are the, are the blueprints to your actions. Look at, look at this. It says, put away from thee a forward mouth and a perverse lips far from thee. Those types of things come from your heart, from your mind. Let, those, let thine eyes look right on and let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet and let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. It's true that our thoughts dictate the direction of our lives. The greatest battlefield, as I said before, is the mind, and we are constantly at war over its control. If we want to live right, we must put up spiritual firewall and not just allow anything to affect our thinking. If you want to secure that affection you have for Jesus Christ, that love you have for him, if you want to deepen that, if you want to make that greater, that each and every day you wake up to wanting to know Jesus more. You think about what you think about. You think about what you think about. You think about what you let in to your mind. Your mind is the battlefield. The enemy wants the mind. We have to be careful what we let in and what we allow to influence us. Now here's the thing. The reason I'm saying this stuff, please don't take it legalistically. This isn't. This isn't legalistic. This is wisdom. This is wisdom. We are called to love the Lord with all our hearts, with all our soul, and with all our what? Say it, mind. And all this is isn't legalistically. It isn't, isn't trying to, to take you away from fun. To, to be wise and to consider what goes into your mind is actually to guard and protect and secure future greater love for Jesus. Your life is a whole lot better when your love for Jesus is a whole lot better. And so we must pay attention to what we give our minds attention to. We must pay attention and consider what influences we give our minds to. Someone once said this, the body manifests what the mind harbors. The body manifests what the mind harbors. The American writer and poet Thomas Bailey Aldrich said this, a man is known by the company his mind keeps. You know what's so hard though? It's that our mind, no one else can see. And sometimes we don't ever take care of it because no one else sees it. Because if people could see what our minds is, I think we'd be a little bit careful what we thought about or we, what we let in. If you walked around with the big screen TV on your back and everything you thought of came up on the screen, you would be like, oh man, some of us would be running into shelter, okay? When we had something pop up, you didn't want anybody else to see. 
Or sometimes we pop up something weird and goofy that you're like, oh man, they think I'm weird for that. The thing is, our minds are very important. And if we allow wrong things to invade our minds, then we, the result will be wrong actions and a, a more devastated way of living. Jesus taught it this way, Mark 7, 20-23. And he said, that which cometh out of the man that defileth the man. From within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. Remember, what you think precedes your actions. All of these come from your heart and your mind. Our thoughts precede our actions. That's why Jesus even says that if a man lusts in his heart after a woman, that he's already committed adultery. And we connect that to Proverbs 27.3 that we just read. For as a man thinks in his heart, here's the action, so is he. We think sometimes sin is when we commit the act physically. But oftentimes sin is is boiled in the mind first, then comes through the actions. We guard against the wrong thinking. We guard against sinful thoughts. We do not allow those things that will corrupt, that will enter our mind. We don't allow those things to corrupt our minds. So number one, we pay attention to what we let in. Say that with me. Ready? We pay attention to what we let in. Number two, we give our minds over to prayer and replacement. Prayer and replacement. The Apostle Paul, when writing to the Christians at Philippi, Philippi, understands that our minds are under attack, and to guard our minds, we give our minds over to prayer and replacement. Philippians 4, 6-8, he writes to the Christians there and says this, Be careful for nothing. I love how he uses that phrase. Just don't even matter, man. Don't even, don't even try to consider nothing. Just, just go at it. Just throw it out out there. Ready? Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes to all understanding, shall keep your hearts. Another way of saying that is guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Our minds, if not guarded, can fall into these different types of mindsets that aren't healthy. We can get into the mindset of doubt. Anybody struggle with doubt? We can get into the mindset of fear. I'm a scaredy cat, 100%. There's times I come in here in the church by myself uh, because I've been because uh, I need to do something in the computer. I sit back there. It's just me. It's dark. Okay. I turn on the lights though, but it still feels like it's dark. Okay. I get to the computer. I'm 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 on the computer. All of a sudden, I hear every noise that could ever happen in this building happen all at once. Okay. I start to get scared. All right. My mind starts to race. What am I gonna do? Some guy popped through. What if happens is a chair starts moving? Like you know, all those types of things. Like there's spiritual activity, man. All right, and I'm thinking, I, I, you know, I don't have a black belt. I don't have any karate, okay? The first thing I'll do is, boom, straight out that door. See how fast I run. Run for Jesus. That's what I would do. So we can get into the mindset of fear. 
okay? We can get into the mindset uh, of pride. Man, that's hard. Someone tells you something good about you. Uh Uh-oh. You start thinking you actually did something. You actually accomplished something. That's hard, especially when they give you a compliment. It's almost the worst thing to say. Well, well, the cliche thing is praise the Lord, but really you don't really mean that. But there's pride. You can get into the mindset of lust, violence, revenge, worry. These types of mindsets that aren't good. And a way to guard against these types of mindsets is prayer. One of the weapons that God gives to you and I that's free, you don't have to rent it, okay? You don't have to pay a monthly fee. It's free. It's called prayer. And oftentimes you and I don't run to the things that we have for free. And we have prayer. And Paul is telling the Philippians, be careful for nothing. Man, you got these types of mindsets. Be careful for nothing. Use the weapon of prayer. The Bible calls us to pray without ceasing, 1 Thessalonians 5, 17. And what that means is don't close your eyes when you're driving in traffic, okay? That means you're praying always in your mind that whenever something pops into your head that shouldn't be there, man, God, help me with that. God, take that away. We pray those things for those things. Anything that pops into your head, pray without ceasing. Make sure the communication you have with Jesus is always open. He doesn't ever put you on hold. Don't ever put him on hold either. So when you're praying, pray without ceasing. He calls us to do that. Oftentimes, we have any old thought randomly pop in our heads, and they can be thoughts of lust, doubt, and fear. And instead of guarding our minds from those things, oftentimes we allow those things to stay. Have you ever had your mind have the mindset of depression? Oh, you can't move, can you? Sometimes you'd rather stay in your bed, okay? Stay in your bed and reach for the closest thing you have on your nightstand, which probably chips. For me, it was Oreos, okay? I'm not going to lie. That's, I, I literally do have food right on the nightstand just in case I get too lazy, okay? So lean over there. You don't, depression, right? Depression, it's crazy how depression can affect you physically, right? Your thoughts precede your actions. Man, you depressed. You don't want to get out of bed. You can barely move. But here's the thing. If we don't guard against those things, we'll find that we'll give in to them. We'll let the depression work. We'll let the fear work. We'll get paralyzed by what we think. We're child. We are children of the king, right? We're conquerors in him. But yet we'll allow those things to take us down. We'll allow those things to put us down. We'll, we'll allow those things not to let ourselves get back up. And here's the thing. We, we, we submit those thoughts into prayer. We need to guard our minds from those thoughts in prayer. As a wrong thought comes in, and they do, we immediately run to prayer and ask the Holy Spirit to remove those thoughts. But Paul doesn't stop there. And I think oftentimes that's where we stop. As I said before, this second point is give your mind over to prayer and what? Replacement. Oftentimes we're good at the removal, but we're not really good at the replacement. Paul says this, be careful for nothing by prayer and supplication. Man, give it all to God. Prayer, submit it. Why? That peace of God is going to keep your minds, guard your minds and your heart. But then he says this, verse 8, finally, brethren, think on these things. If you remove a thought, if you pray away a thought, pray for a thought. If you pray away a thought, pray for a thought. Paul gives us these things. Final brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. We often forget when we remove those things that we are wrong, uh, that are wrong, we need to replace it with those things that are right. Because if we don't, guess what happens? We go right back to it. 
we get right back into that mindset again. I remember one time my, uh, a family uh, member of mine um, was convicted over the music he listened to. It wasn't good for him. Uh, didn't promote the things of the Lord. Really brought his spirit down. One day the Holy Spirit just spoke to him and said, hey, remove those things from your life. So he takes them out. You know what I mean? He takes the CDs out. Uh, my, uh, well, I gave it away. <laughs> my uncle, okay, took the CDs out, went out into the driveway, took a sledgehammer, just beat all of his CDs down. It was awesome. But just a couple months later, I'm riding in the car, and my uncle's got another CD in the, in the deck. And he's playing the same stuff that he just broke a couple weeks ago because he didn't have anything to replace it. The principle's super simple, but it's super critical that when you remove something, you replace that void with something. When you pray away a thought that's not good, pray for a thought that is good. Think on the things that are good. And what I love about this is if you're in doubt and you don't know what to think about, I love how these what Paul mentions symbolizes one person. It symbolizes Jesus. So if you don't know what to think about, think about Jesus. That's probably the safest thing. That's like, that's like every answer when somebody asks you a question about the Bible. Well, what about this? Jesus, answer. Okay? It's like the go-to. It's simple. I'm a scholar, theologian, went to Bible college, Jesus. Okay? Now let's look at these things. Paul says, he says, we think on things that are true. John 14, 6, Jesus saith, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. We think on things that are honest, or in another way, put it, honorable. Revelations 4.11, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For Thou hast created all things, and for Thy pleasure they are and were created. We think on things that are just. 1 John 1.9, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We think on things that are pure. Psalm 12.6, The words of the Lord are pure words. As silver tried in the furnace of earth, purified seven times. We think on what is lovely or beautiful. Isaiah 33:17. Thine eyes shall see the king in his beauty. They shall behold the land that is very far off. We think on what is of good report, or in other words, commendable. 2 Corinthians 5:21. This is awesome. Commendable. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. In all reality, if you do not know what to think about, think about Jesus. He is true. He is honorable. He is just. He is pure. He is lovely. And he is commendable. Our God is awesome. Think about him. If you have any doubt, think about Jesus. Prayer replacement. Here's the last thing. Not only do we guard what we let in, not only do we have prayer and replacement, finally here, we submit those thoughts over to Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-5. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through, the, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We can either control our thoughts or we can have our thoughts control us. Paul tells us in Corinthians, in verse 5, to cast down imaginations. What this means is we are to destroy every proud obstacle that will keep us from knowing God. Then he says to take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. We capture our rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. What's cool about this, um, this passage of Scripture, 
uh, there's one certain word in the beginning of the verses that I read, and the word is strongholds, strongholds. If you look in the Greek, you'll find that that's equivalent to the idea of a castle, to a kingdom, to a fortress. And these are equated to thoughts, to things that you and I establish in our minds. And Paul's using this analogy of invading a castle or the kingdom and then establishing a new kingdom of thought. Our thoughts, listen to this, our thoughts are like castles. Our thoughts are like kingdoms. They're like fortresses. And from these, they all have their own viewpoints and agendas. Just like an actual kingdom, there is a way of life that is set when a kingdom is established. Paul is equating our thoughts to these kingdoms and strongholds. So when you and I give into the mindsets, say, of fear, then we establish a kingdom of fear. And guess what we do? We bow to its allegiance. We give ourselves over to it. It sets the way of life for you and me. It could be the kingdom of pride, the castle, the fortress. And these establish, and guess what they do? They govern how you act. They govern how you are. You give your minds over to these kingdoms. But Paul says this, those wrong kingdoms, because there's good, good, there's good kingdoms, then there's wrong kingdoms. And Paul says, when you got a bad kingdom, when you got a bad regime, when you got a bad government, when you got a bad castle fortress, let's take them down. Let's take them down. He says in verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Here's what it is, ready? You and I are not spectators. You and I don't come to church rooting on the game. You and I are in the game. We're not spectators, we're players. You and I are soldiers in the army of Jesus Christ. And when we have wrong thoughts in our heads, when we allow the kingdoms to be established, when we allow the castles to be established, when we allow the fortresses of bad thinking to be established, you, as the conqueror of Jesus Christ, comes in there with the power and authority of Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit. You go in there like a soldier, and guess what you do? You break down the kingdom of those wrong thoughts. You take captive those thoughts. You bring them to Jesus, but you do it with spiritual warfare. Paul's saying, listen, we don't fight spiritual with physical. We fight spiritual with spiritual. You and I live and fight a spiritual battle every single day. And you think the war is outside of you. The war is raging inside of you from the moment you wake up after you hit snooze 80 times. The battle's happening. And it's not the battle without, it's the battle within. And one of the battlefields is your mind. And Paul says, listen, when you allow those thoughts to be established, those kingdoms, it's going to rule you. But in the power of Jesus Christ, with the weapons of the Holy Spirit, that's what we're going to look at in just a second, the weapons of the Holy Spirit, you can take down those kingdoms. You can reestablish new government, new regime, new leadership. We have the castles of doubt. Some of us have the castle of lust. Some of us have the castle of depression. Some of us have the castles of pride. Some of us have the kingdoms of selfishness. We've allowed our minds to go unguarded, which leads to these kingdoms and thoughts to be established. Let me ask you a question. What kingdom's ruling you right now? What kingdom thought is ruling you right now? What kingdom of thought is driving your life? The Bible says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. To what thoughts are you giving your allegiance over to? Now Paul says to cast these down, these strongholds, but we do not do it with human weapons. Paul says we, we do it through the weapon of prayer. As I said before, now 
You do it through the weapon of the word of God. The word of God. I love digital things, okay? I love the digital Bible. I love that you pull out your phone and you look at the digital Bible on your phone. For me, I love a hard copy. This is the only book that I want in hard copy, okay? Everything else, all my books literally are in this iPad, okay? That's the only thing I carry. Other than that, the Bible is the only book I really want in actual form to hold. And yet the word of God is the key weapon to the thoughts and the battle of the mind. 2 Corinthians 10, 3-4, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through, through God to the pulling down of strongholds. The weapons that Paul is inferring is the divine weapons of the Lord, also known as prayer in the word of God. The spiritual battle of the mind is fought with spiritual weapons. If we want to overtake these kingdom of thoughts or overthrow the castles that have been established, we, we must do so in the spirit of God, with the word of God and prayer. Galatians 3.3, 3. this is probably one of my favorite verses. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? I love what he says there. He's like, you don't get it. You got saved by the Holy Spirit only by his power, so you think by your own power you're going to make it? No. You start out with the spirit, you, you end with the spirit. You live through the spirit. The Holy Spirit works through you. The power comes from him. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication of all saints. Praise God, we have the whole armor of God, to fight against the enemy and not just just stand, but win. But win. This isn't positive thinking or anything, but you're a winner. I'm not trying to boost you up like a motivational speaker, but the reality is, is you're a winner. You don't have to lose. If you lose, that's because you're just giving up. If you lose, it's because you don't believe sometimes that the word of God is strong enough. We don't believe sometimes that prayer is strong enough. Oftentimes we take the things that are so easy for us, accessible for us, and you know what we do? We don't find it to be valuable. And we don't fight with the right tools. We don't fight with the right tools. The word of God is your greatest weapon. Look at the armor of God. You'll find this is the only offensive weapon you got the word, the sword. When Jesus was being tempted, I believe in Matthew chapter 4, he didn't pull out anything else but the word. When the devil came to said, I'll give you everything you want, temptation, Jesus said, no, here's the word. I'm good. You and I, when it comes to the battle of the mind, it's important you know what this book says. Because when the, when, when the temptation comes, when the devil comes to you, who is the father of lies, when he comes to you, put on the armor of God. Why? Because you gird your loins with truth. So when he comes to you and he lies to you and tells you, hey, you ain't good enough. Wow, you messed up. 
ah, God's love for you is kind of going down. You think you're a child of the king? He did the same thing to Adam and Eve in the beginning. He lied to them. And when you and I get lied to, it's because we really don't know what this book says. This book tells you that you're forgiven. This book tells you that you're loved. This book tells you that he is your father, that you're his son. This book tells you that when you fall down, get back up. He's going to pull you back up. For a just man falls seven times, yet riseth up again. You know what the just man is? That's the one inside of you. That's why you put off the old things. You put on the new man each and every day for the battle. So when he comes at you with lies, you put on truth. When the devil comes to you and he tries to distort you with your identity, says you're not good enough for the Lord, you're not really his child, put on the breastplate of righteousness because you're righteous in him. For he became sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the what? The righteousness of God in him. And let me tell you, in the mind, there's been times where I felt like I ain't God's child. Man, I've just, I've just done too much. God, I'm sorry. But in all reality, that love that he gives to me helps me rise again. Rise again. And I look back in the mirror and go, no way, no, God, you died for me. God, you gave me your righteousness. I am yours. When the devil tries to come at you, and puts obstacles in your way. You put on you put on your feet the gospel of peace. As the devil's going to try to distort, distort your mind, confuse your mind, you put on the peace, the peace that passes all understanding. So when you come into a situation in your life where you don't understand why God did this, you come into a situation in your life where you're so confused, God, I'm living for you, I'm loving you, I'm doing what you, I'm faithful to church, but why did this just happen? If you don't put on the gospel of peace. If you don't come back to having your mind set sound, the enemy's going to get in there. We're told to take on the shield of faith because the enemy is trying to put doubt, fear in your heart. But we put on the shield of faith and it quenches those fiery darts, puts them out. We're told to put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, because the enemy will try again, as I said before, to destroy the mind. You'll get to try to tempt you and uh, help you stray. See, the word of God is crucial uh, to guarding our minds against the enemy. When it comes to overthrowing the kingdoms or the castles of thought, we do not do so by our own might. We do so through the power of God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through prayer, through his word. We take our thoughts and we bring them to the obedience of Christ. They become subject to his authority. Now we establish Christ-like kingdoms of thought. Let me encourage you today as I finish here, church, don't let the enemy steal your affections. Let's battle together, day in, day out, for our king, because he calls us conquerors, not spectators. We're part of the game. Our minds were given to us by God, and may we fight against the wickedness that wants to take our minds and lead them away from him. We are called to love the Lord with all our hearts, our souls, and our minds. So let's give our minds over to things that are good and will not only secure, but stir up more affection for Jesus. You and I have such a short time here on this world. And may we, as the Bible says, set our affections on things above. I love, the, I love that picture. It's like putting something, it's like one of you parents would do when your kids were little, 
You didn't want them to touch anything. You put it on top of the shelf. They can't get to it. When you set your affections for Jesus above, when you guard your mind, when you guard your heart, you put it above, enemy's not going to try to get that. Enemy's not going to be able to get that because you place it so high. You place it high up there. You place it up in heaven where Jesus sits. And if our affections are there, our affections are secure. When we guard our minds, we pay attention to what we let in. When we guard our minds, we submit them over to prayer and we replace. And when we guard our minds, we take those thoughts and we give them to Jesus. We break them down. I hope your desire is that you would love Jesus more. That when you wake up, you're thinking about him. That you want more of him. The world is trying to get you away from those guys. Our flesh, the devil, is trying to block that. Why? Because they know that when someone is in total love with Jesus, it's going to change something. And they don't like that. They'd rather have the world stay the same. So church, let's be on guard with our hearts, with our minds. Next week, we'll be on guard with our eyes. Let's pray.